or I think so myself. Good, man. Good. Just uh, just had some breakfast over here, man. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready to eat dinner and it's probably the next hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy, dude. I just I just started this up a little early. We're just doing like a little pre-lobby. We'll let some people uh, funnel in and I, uh, my co-host, Super High, will also be on uh, coming on as well. So just kind of vibing okay. out. Sounds good. What's up, Jordo? Paolo, I see you guys. What up, Captain Link? Hope you all have a good morning, wherever you are. Good morning, evening. We're just doing a little pre-lobby, guys, like we normally do. Just vibing out. If you guys got to do something, you probably got like Maybe like five, six minutes. So we're just chilling. What up, Russian? See you, bro. We're just doing a little pre-lobby for everyone joining in. I got like four, four minutes, four or five minutes. Yo, guys, I need to get some lobby music. That's what I need to do. I need to figure that out. Nothing like some chill lo-fi hip-hop or something. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I need to do, man. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the hosts come in, we're just, we're just talking in the free lobby. We're just vibing. But, uh, yeah, I need to find some music. <laughs> just make sure it's copyright-free, eh? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how big uh, Twitter is yet about that, but I'm sure that that will be a be a thing. Just like just like on Twitch and these other streaming platforms. Yeah, it's just a matter of Tom. Yeah, they need to get their uh, their stuff together. I mean, I know a bunch of people have been banned kind of for no reason on the from the Twitter spaces. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. Strange things happen. Strange things happen. <laughs> what up, Ethan? What up, Mewtwo? What up, everybody? What's up, Super? How are you doing, man? 
chilling. Chilling. Had a cup of coffee. He's got that mushroom coffee over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're just, we're just vibing out super high for a few more minutes, let people trickle in. I'm curious, man, to see how this is like a, a diff, definitely a different time that we normally go live. So curious to see who uh, who shows up. Yeah, I'm curious as well. Hopefully we can bring in some European audience for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, where'd you say you were located again? I'm from South Africa. Heck yeah. How do you like it? Uh, it's all right. Uh, it's got as good and, and bad sides, of course. Um, yeah, like anyone. Most, mostly bad, um, but there, there are a couple of benefits to living, yeah. Cool. Well, I hope we, you know, focus on the positive. Always. That is my motto. <laughs> Hell yeah. I see Russian, Gohan, Big Spees. See you, Ducks and Raw. What's up? Some new faces in here as well. What up, Jordan? I see you, cool crypto. Yeah, so did you tweet it out? I'm gonna retweet it real quick. Yeah, yeah, I tweeted I tweeted out the link. Cool, perfect. Perfect. I just can't take all these crown, uh, these uh, clown profile pictures. <laughs> Drive me nuts. Do you see mine has two, uh, <laughs> two red noses? Yes, yeah, one on the bear and one on the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. so if someone wants to Photoshop me one, maybe I'll put it on mine. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> I'll Photoshop one for you. <laughs> yeah, I think we're vibing. How many people we got here? Solid. We're good to just start it up super high. Yeah, go for it. I'm pulling up the uh, the questions right now. <clears throat> yeah, um, Ethan, really, really excited to have you on the, the base space, man. Awesome. Excited to be here. Uh, yeah, if, if you're not familiar, this is, uh, this is a space that we've been hosting for like the past few months. It just kind of started out with like a group of friends and basically we, we got into the beta of spaces when it first launched and We've kind of grown an audience and now we've been bringing on all type of projects from Bangor to Woo to Chainlink God and just kind of providing this open forum to, to educate the community and get people up to speed and all the different cool projects that are happening in the crypto space, especially this cycle, man. It's just so much innovation and um, happening in the space versus like 2017. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. 
Um, so curious, man, how'd you, how'd you get into crypto? Like, how'd you get into the, into the space? Cool. So I actually came into crypto, I'd say probably early 2014. So, I mean, this was still like when I was in high school kind of thing. Um, and mostly I'd been reading about Bitcoin online. And back then it was really like you would, you would sort of see it popping up on like those gaming news sites. You wouldn't really see it in mainstream media. Um, I wasn't big into crypto until around probably 2015, 2016. Um, the main, the main reason why I got big into then, I believe that was around the same time they had started planning to launch Electronium. And I was helping one of the developers of like one of the very first Electronium pools out there. Um, and basically just from there, I shifted over into a couple of different projects and been around the space for a while now. That's really, really cool. Can you, um, can you kind of explain like what those pools are for people that might not be aware? Yeah. So basically back then it was, uh, Electronium was a kryptonite coin. It's actually, it's, I think it's still pretty big, but I don't actively follow them anymore. So I was working with, I think it was spark pool. I believe that's what it was called. Um, and they were launching one of the first, very first mining pools uh, for Electronium. So, you know, basically connect your, your computer and you could mine Electronium pretty efficiently back in those days. That's really, really cool. That's, that's crazy how early you, you got into the space and now you tapped in. Uh, what, what eventually like led you to Rarible and, and your current role? Cool. So with Rarible, um, so before I was at Rarible, I was working with a open source project uh, as a volunteer, uh, essentially doing some project management on the side for them. Um, and their whole, um, their whole aim was bridging RPFS and building it directly into the blockchain. And, and as most people, well, maybe not most people, but it's very common practice for these NFT sites to use RPFS for content storage. Um, obviously, because it's it's decentralized, it's immutable, it's a global file system. Um, and sort of from there, I started looking, you know, I was coming up on the end of my degree, um, basically just needed something a little bit more stable. So uh, I had seen a role open for community manager um, at Rarible and basically took a shot in the dark, somehow managed to land the role as a community manager. And from there, I started helping out on their support side of things while doing my community management duties. And basically within three months, I was managing a support team of, uh, well, currently it's nine people, um, but by the end of this month, it should be around 12 to 15 people. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's really you got really a whole cool. team. Yes, <laughs> He's got a squad, bro. <laughs> He's got a squad. That's really, really, that's really, really dope how you were able to basically um, start participating in the space through like volunteer activities, which, which we found um, is a pretty common theme uh, through talking to a lot of individuals and how they get started in crypto. And then uh, you just spontaneously ap applied uh, to something and, and kind of got in. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's probably one of the biggest like strengths of the crypto industry. Um, you know, you don't actually need a whole bunch of experience with crypto to get involved. I mean, you know, you can start off as a volunteer and learn as you go kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. For for your particular role, do you uh, did you need any type of coding experience, or was it more just um, like you know, understanding the general concepts of crypto? So I'm kind of. It's a little bit of a tough one. Uh, ideally, if you were working in technical support, yes, you would have some coding experience. From my side, I had previously, because of the project I was working with uh, before Rarible, I had been teaching myself to code throughout like that three-year period I was with them. And basically, I think that is like a huge catalyst and, and probably one of the main reasons why I got the job because I had such intimate knowledge of how RPFS and an Ethereum-based network uh, works. So you don't necessarily need to understand exactly what the code is doing, as long as you can grasp the basics and basically read Etherscan, you should be completely fine. Super high, I saw you unmuted your mic at one point. Didn't mean to cut you off. Oh yeah, no, it was just back on, um what you said about just volunteering in the community and something may come of it. And that's kind of, you know, what we're doing here is we do this on our free time as well. <clears throat> like we, we don't get paid for this. Some people may think that we get paid, but we do not get paid. Um, but we're working towards a common goal, right? Like you with rareable, you, you know, you wanted to work in the NFTs or not strictly the NFT space, but crypto. And yeah. So you took a shot in the dark and you know, that's what, that's what we're doing, but we're also putting uh work behind it. So everybody listening, if, if you want to get into crypto, definitely volunteer in like community projects like this, or maybe a project Absolutely. that you really like. Exactly. And I can't stress that enough. Like I said, you really don't need experience these days. As long as you have that drive and that passion, uh, you know, you can learn it along the way. Yeah. I think that's one of the really cool things about this space is like, this is my first year in any market, right? So, so I jumped in crypto, so I was like, okay, well, then I need to know, you know, the basis of a, a good amount of things, and I still don't know everything, obviously, but I am learning along the way, like you were saying, and it's been the most, like, humbling experience, because you realize you don't actually know anything, and, you know, the crypto space is huge, so, yeah, I definitely encourage people, if you, if you guys want to be a part of any crypto community, just get involved, whether you're tweeting at somebody, or whether you're offering help, like providing questions for us on base space or anything like that, uh, or helping Ethan out, <laughs> definitely get involved. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, with Ethan, do you, is there, uh, is there opportunities at, at Rarible for, for people to get involved in, uh, from like a community standpoint? Absolutely. Um, I mean, Apart from the, a job list that's or available vacancy list that's probably about as long as my right arm, um, we actively in the support team take on volunteers and, you know, introduce them not only to the technical side of Rarible, um, you know, how things work on the blockchain, but also like some of our little bit more in-depth processes like verifications on Rarible. I mean, just, just last week, we took in about five volunteers, you know, to, to help us not only with verifications because i mean quite honestly we get thousands of requests on a daily basis but you know to introduce them and help them understand a little bit more about the platform that they're using on top of all of that 
Damn, that's really, really cool, guys. So definitely, if you're interested in NFTs, you're interested in the NFT market, marketplaces, definitely, definitely hit up Ethan. Uh, it sounds like there are there are volunteer opportunities out there because I know a lot of our listeners are really passionate about crypto. I know a lot of people are learning to code. Um, and so just know that uh, even if you have limited experience, um, there, there are places that you can go and opportunities available for you to get started. Um, taking it back to, to Rarible, Ethan, could you kind of give us like an overview of like what Rarible, what Rarible is um, and, and, how, and how it generally works? Yeah, so Rarible is a community-owned and, and governed marketplace for NFTs. Um, when we speak NFTs, we're not only talking digital art, we're talking about everything from uh, why, uh, why insurance packages to, you know, it, eventually my goal and my dream and my hope is that like sporting event tickets and stuff like that is built on NFTs. So, I mean, we're talking about sort of a wide range of uh, services, utility, NFT tokens, as well as the art space built on top of Rarible. Um, essentially, Rarible is just a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace um, where you can go trade art, purchase art, purchase NFTs is probably a better description, um, sell your NFTs, and sort of be part of this large community. Yeah. Wow. I definitely think, oh, sorry, Manta. Go for it. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think that's really interesting because <clears throat> later down the road, obviously everything's so early still. Like people don't think we're early, but we are so early because you ask and maybe one out of 10 people uh, in person if they know what an NFT is or if they even know what crypto is. And some people are like, what? But you'll, you'll probably eventually see real estate and land and even your car, like the, the title to your car could be an NFT and put on the blockchain. So I definitely think that's really interesting on top of digital art because with with art itself, um, I've heard you know a, a lot of overhead fees and selling fees goes to the you know the people finding the buyers, which isn't necessarily fair to the artist. But now the artist gets one hundred percent commission. Oh, actually, uh, it's not one hundred percent. You guys take a small fee, correct, Rarible? Yeah. So Rarible takes a two point five percent fee on that's all sales. Yeah. Yeah, 2.5. And that's super low <laughs> compared to like, yeah. the art world. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like giving the power to the people. And once more people realize this, more artists realize this, and more like just people that want to see other streams of NFTs rather than art see the potential, I think we really see the NFT space grow. Absolutely. And I mean, the metaverse is a great example of this. I mean, you can go buy Decentraland land on Rarible and, and all sorts of other, you know, cool projects like this, like Sandbox land and, and all sorts of stuff. So I definitely think in the future, we're going to see more and more uh, real use cases like your title deed built into an NFT, um, you know, sporting event tickets, all sorts of awesome stuff uh, in the future. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work from like a legal standpoint, you know, because uh, to my knowledge, uh, NFTs, like if you purchase them like a piece of property, right, it's not legally enforceable um, at this current time, at least in the States, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I can't really comment too much on legal because it's like completely different where I am compared to like all over the world, like here, um, you know, you're here at least uh, cryptocurrency is classified as income uh, not property 
Um, sort of the same thing happens with NFTs, any revenue ge generated from NFTs, whether it's, you know, sales for tickets for, you know, a soccer match or something like that. Uh, it's classified as revenue. So it's, it is quite complex, but I think in, you know, the next five to 10 years, we're going to be seeing some very interesting legal bills uh, coming out, you know, that addresses all of these concerns. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, the community is already so collaborative. Uh, I'd imagine eventually some sort of council or, you know, some sort of group would be formed to help lobby uh, to get um, certain laws passed and um, kind of move the NFT industry forward. Because at least in the States, like a lot of our politicians aren't like so in tune to the latest technology and they really don't understand crypto or how, or how it works. Um, so just how like we're providing this space and kind of creating this group to educate uh, the general crypto Twitter, you almost need a group to be formed around, hey, how do we educate, how do we educate these um, politicians on NFTs and how they work and um, try to get them on board to the system. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that'll be, you know, a cornerstone of building sort of any crypto project nowadays is you do need to be on, on sort of the lookout for uh, possible legal issues down the lines. But for now, um, you know, it's a pretty much unregulated space for the most part. Um, and in the future, it will be regulated. And we just need to make sure that we're educating people so that the regulations are right. Absolutely. Um, kind of taking it back to the to Rarible for a second. Um, could you also talk about like the Rari, the Rari token? I think that that's a good place for people to, to understand too, uh, the project. Yeah. So Rari token has a maximum supply of 25 million tokens. It is the governance uh, token for the Rarible platform. Um, so I know we'll probably touch on this a little bit later down the line, but essentially uh, the governance token, which is the Rary token, will have full control over Rarible protocol um, once that is fully live. Um, basically, uh, you can earn Rary. Obviously, you can buy Rary through Uniswap and a couple other exchanges. Um, and then you have the option of earning Rary by being an active user of the platform. Uh, so every week we release, uh, believe it is 56,250 tokens to active users on the platform. Um, and it's based on like your, your buying and your selling throughout that week. Uh, there's a lot of other factors and it's like this huge equation that's like two Excel lines long. Um, so I won't go too much into, into it, but the easiest way to sort of gauge uh, it is just basically if you buy and sell on Rarible, you will receive a Rary reward every, uh, I think it's every week on a Tuesday. Yeah, I actually noticed that because I had made an NFT a while back and uh, I had went and checked the Rarible website. It said I had six Rari. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> so I claimed yeah. them. I'm just holding on to them. I'd probably Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's the easiest way to get your hands well get the governance token of the platform into the hands of the people who are going to govern the platform is by incentivizing them to use the platform so not only do we have this incentive that you know we're this open marketplace but we have this incentive that eventually you by using us and by using our platform you can run the marketplace 
Yeah, I really like the concept of um, the market liquidity mining um, that you guys outlined on on your site and the and the airdrop system you guys have in place because it like you just said like it really encourages like you're rewarding the active users that are actually using the platform um, and as a marketplace that's advertising themselves as like the first community owned NFT marketplace right and and all the governance that you guys are putting into place it makes the most sense to have the governance overseen by the active active users of the site and not just um, a whale that may have like scooped scooped up a bunch of coins on a on a you know uniswap or whatever exactly and it, and it's really effective um, we have a weekly governance call on a thursday and like 90% of the people inside of that governance call are you know active users on the platform who are worried and you know have questions about the future of the platform and who want to help and and you know this rari distribution method has been um, one of the best probably um, for getting active contributions and, and getting people um, you know taking pride in the platform and uh, sticking around kind of thing yeah and with the with the rari uh, token can you also stake as well so at the moment there are a couple options for staking but none directly related to rary um in the future so we're busy now through obviously through the dao and through the governance process we're busy implementing a, a staking feature and this staking feature will essentially uh, it's like extremely complex and there's like six or seven documents on our governance portal about it but essentially, the staking method will give you, I believe it's called ST-RARI. And ST-RARI is actually what you're going to use to vote in the future on, you know, changes to the platform and, and that sort of stuff. Interesting. Okay, so you actually have to stake and then you'll get rewarded with this ST-RARI. And then those are the actual coins that you'll be able to use to, to yeah. vote. So right now, uh, it's just based. So governance proposals go on to snapshot. And, you know, as long as you hold more than a fraction of a RARI, um, actually, as long as your balance isn't zero of RARI, you can vote on any proposal. Um, but in the future, yes, you will need to stake your RARI. And staking your RARI will give you, it, it, it'll have periods like three months, six months, one year. And based on those periods, it will give you a certain amount of voting power. That's really cool. Um, I like how, right, yeah, that's actually really interesting how right now you, you can almost have like, you know, 0.001 or whatever of, of the actual coin and participate. I really like that. And it kind of encourages people to learn about the voting system and, um, and get used to participating, you know, before they actually have to stake and, and go through that, that updated process. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you know, not a lot of people have expendable income especially not at the moment to to outright go and you know necessarily buy rare tokens to vote on something so i mean even if you're getting you know 0.1 for sales uh on the platform at least you can still be a part of voting and governance i mean you might not have the biggest impact but you know having a say is better than no say at all yeah yeah absolutely what kind of uh participation rate are you guys seeing are you guys seeing uh, a lot of uh the community members rallying around this this mechanism 
So right now our participation rates are like hovering in between the 15 to 20%. Um, it's raising every week, but I think once we have the full staking implementation and voting power and all of that sorted out, I expect these rates to, to climb substantially. Um, I think right now uh, it's a little bit of a complex process compared to what it will be in the future. So that puts quite a few people off. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot. Of, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think the entire crypto industry could could improve from like a UX uh, user experience standpoint. But I'm 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 actually really uh, happy with projects focusing on development and and building out the backend processes. I think that that's that's pretty essential right now over over UX and UX can be rolled out at a later at a later point. Um, curious as well around like the proposals. Like if I'm a user, how can I go about actually submitting a proposal proposal uh, for the DOA? Yeah, so proposals are really easy to do. Um, first off, you're probably going to want to write out your proposal on our governance form. That way it's open for public comments. Um, anyone can come in and, you know, question you about why you're doing XYZ instead of, uh, you know, ABC. Um, from there, what will happen is Eric, who is our head of DAO, uh, he will then put it up for voting on snapshots and then, you know, based on whatever uh, outcome there is from voting, your proposal will be either implemented or, you know, sent back to the drawing board. That's really, really cool. Um, how many um, how many proposals have actually gone through from like a community standpoint right now? Uh. I'll have to get those numbers for you, but it's actually quite a bit in the last couple weeks. We've been really focused on onboarding projects and funding projects who are building on top of Rary protocol. So there are quite a few very, very unique implementations that are now built on Rarible protocol, all sorts of things. Probably my favorite one is, uh, I believe it's called Coco NFT. Uh, we gave them funding from the DAO and essentially what these guys do is allow you to sign in with your Instagram account to their pro, uh, to their platform and through Rarible protocol, you can lazy mint your Instagram uploads as NFTs and then, you know, people can see those NFTs on Rarible, purchase them or they can view them on Coco NFTs marketplace and, and purchase them directly through that. It's like a really, really low barrier to entry and it, it's really really cool damn that is actually really really cool like imagine like uh like a sports star like you know you like you after right after they win a match like and uh them posting on instagram and basically that's already minted and someone can someone can start um bidding on that particular piece of content yeah exactly and that's what rareable protocol is all about it's about you know um, Rarible can't be everything. Um, it's as simple as that. We, we can be a marketplace and we're really good at being a marketplace, but we can't be, you know, this Instagram connected, um, Facebook connected, Twitter connected marketplace. So it, it's easier for us to open source our stuff and, and let people build these on top of our protocol because one, it gives them access to our entire user base. And it keeps people within that rareable ecosystem without putting pressure on rareable to be everything 
underneath the sun kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, once 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 a platform starts trying to do too many things, um, I feel like they lose sight of their initial vision and it can kind of muddy the waters in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's one of like the big things about Rarible is we're extremely UI and UX focused on the marketplace side of things. Um, so making things as easy as possible for newcomers, we're all about that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, we, we can't be everything at once. Uh, so, you know, we can't be Instagram, Facebook kind of thing. And I think that's <clears throat> unique in its own perspective, too, because honestly, Instagram and Facebook, all, it's getting outdated. Like, I, I don't know about anyone else. Name. I've deleted all my stuff. It's just I'm tired of seeing, I don't know, social media can be very negative, but I think crypto is very positive. So I think it's a good thing that you, you're not catering just strictly towards social media, more of, like you said, a marketplace for a global economy, because then it brings more than just, let's say, toxicity. <laughs> not all social yeah. media is toxic, but a lot of it can be. Exactly. And one of the main, like, you know, all of all of these protocols exist and the main reason for rareable protocol existing is because people sometimes people you know you can put a lot of effort into your ui and ux but people just won't like it so the point of rareable protocol is making it super easy to deploy your own marketplace and have access to the entire rareable ecosystem um, with amazing documentation on how to build out like your own marketplace and essentially all of this it gives developers easy access to the nft space and it gives uh you know people freedom to experiment with creating things like coco nft without having to spend like six or seven million dollars getting smart contracts audited and all of that because rarible's already done it all all you need to do is plug in your front end to our protocol Exactly. And you're even seeing that with Quant too, right? I know it's not an NFT um, protocol, but they have three lines of code. You just plug it into any API system. Like the, in the future, you're just going to see plugins. And I think it makes it a lot easier. So those first movers usually have that ground floor support yeah. system. Yeah, exactly. And and that's basically uh, the analogy I like to use for Rarible Protocol is that we're WordPress. The protocol is WordPress. You know, WordPress is very easy to create your own site, but the base layer is there for you. All you're actually doing is throwing a theme on it and obviously your content. And that's exactly what Rarible is. The base layer is all designed for you. All you have to do is add in your plugins and your content and you're good to go. Yeah, that's super dope. That's why that's why I um, decided to go with Rarible to putting on my my nft i just i love the website and i love the protocol awesome we're glad to have you this kind of leads to like an interesting concept where um you know for example a video game maybe has like a marketplace menu and like they could basically take and build out their own custom rareable marketplace and it's almost like a plugin right so they don't have to build everything from scratch if they want to start selling their own nft in-game items or um, custom artwork or custom skins in the back end of the game it could just be like a, a plugin like you're saying 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, obviously, I can't disclose any details, but there, there's, I mean, if you look at our governance form and our snapshot, there are a bunch of projects already hopping on uh, Rarible Protocol and, and migrating onto Rarible Protocol, uh, just because it makes things so much simpler and, and easier, you know, you, you, and it's cross chain, which is even better. Um, so, you know, if you, maybe you don't want to cater to the guys who only like to use Ethereum, uh, you know, eventually Rarible Protocol will be deployed on, let's say, Polygon, um, Matic. And, and from there, you know, you can build out your own marketplace on Polygon, Matic, or perhaps you want to use a different side chain like Extra. It's all entirely possible. Yeah, I'm curious as well, like for, for minting NFTs, is there a difference from like a retail versus maybe a, a company perspective or do do both kind of unit, do both kind of um, segments have to go through the same process? Yeah, so from what we've seen, most companies will have an NFT marketing agency or firm that'll, that'll handle that stuff for them. Um, but right now on, on Rarible, if you're minting NFTs, um, like Taco Bell, for example, did a drop with us. Um, Taco Bell used the exact same UI to put up their NFTs as you and I did. Um, there's, there's no real difference. Um, there's only differences in the background and, you know, maybe they get like priority support or, or something like that. Wow. That's really, really cool. I didn't even, I didn't even know Taco Bell used you guys at a dope. Um, how did, how did that come about? So actually, to be quite honest, I don't even think that we knew Taco Bell was dropping NFTs. Um, it sort of just happened. Um, we got a DM on, on Twitter that, Hey, um, you know, we, we dropped some NFTs on your platform. Uh, could you promote, could you, you know, retweet and, and help us promote it? And we gladly oblige, but yeah, most of, most of that stuff, um, and, and like big corporate partnerships and stuff like that, most of it goes through our partnerships team. Um, and then I will have the opportunity to sit down with their marketing team or whatever and, and walk them through the minting process. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, all of, all of those big partnerships, um, they all use the same UI, same platform that everyone else did. That's really, really cool because it kind of speaks to the volume of the UX that you were just touching on earlier and um, around like the website design and making it really easy for users to create NFTs and actually um, get their work on the platform. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's cool. It's like, you know, um, you visit our create page, just know that, you know, somebody from Taco Bell was once sitting on that exact same page that you're looking at. It's pretty crazy and it's pretty humbling too. And if, if NFTs on your platform, for example, are resold, so say like I minted an NFT, I sell it to super high and then super high, maybe a few months later decides to sell it. Um, is it possible to as well get like third party um, rights to that so I could continue to see uh, revenue from his sale of my artwork? Yeah, so right now, Rarible has royalties built into it. Um, and this is kind of a pain point in the NFT community at the moment. So royalties on Rarible are not necessarily royalties on OpenSea. So um, 
you know, you can set your royalty percentage. Let's say you wanted to take 10% and you sold it to super high and super high resold it to somebody else for, uh, let's say a hundred dollars, you would get $10 and, and super high would get the $90 from those royalties. The pain point comes into the fact that marketplaces, uh, especially on Ethereum at the moment, don't seem to have as much collaboration as we'd like to see. So, for example, um, maybe an NFT sold on uh, resold on OpenSea wouldn't receive uh, royalties on Rarible because they didn't implement the royalty standard that Rarible uses. This will hopefully be changing in the future because obviously on Rarible protocol, all of those marketplaces built on top of it have to respect the royalties. And we've already done some work with, uh, I believe it was Foundation, and they integrated our royalty schema and we integrated theirs. So uh, Foundation NFTs will receive royalties. Um, but yeah, that it is a pain point at the moment, but we're heading towards a future um, where it's not. And there's even a couple ERPs open at the moment to introduce a standard royalties scheme um, that would essentially become part of either ERC721 or ERC-755, which is the two different types of NFTs you get. Is that a, is that like a, is that a goal for Rarible is to be like the standard for, for loyalty, uh, for royalty uh, fees? Are you guys trying to push that across um, all the marketplaces, kind of be like the, the go-to for that? Yeah, so, so what we're actually working on in the moment within the DAO is that there are two proposals, I believe, um, open that you know deal with royalties on NFTs, and, and the one of one of them is like really, really complex to use, and the other one, which has seemed for some reason to get less support, um, is very, very close to what Rarible uses. So what we're now working with is the original authors of that second ERP is to actually, you know, integrate it and make it a little bit easier to, to use um, from our side and eventually publish that and, and push it through um, and get it standardized so that, you know, it becomes a standard and then all NFT marketplaces sort of have to respect it. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it kind of comes down to like this idea that maybe eventually in the future there'll be some sort of like i don't know an nft council or something like that where um where these standards will be created and and voted upon and um kind of establish um an industry standard so we don't run into the issue of hey i'm selling on selling my nft in this marketplace but it doesn't have the the royalty fees or um i could i could definitely see a lot of other issues occurring um in the future if, if standards aren't created throughout the industry yeah, and I think that was one of the failures of NFTs when they first first launched is that they, it was never built in to ERP seven twenty one or eleven fifty five to have a royalty standard, which is sort of it's a little bit disappointing. But at the end of the day, NFT marketplaces are some of the you know I say collaborative um, from the point that you know you can see foundation NFTs on Rarible and you can also see them on on OpenSea. So it is very collaborative, but it's more about just, you know, getting the right people on the right calls to make sure that we can implement these royalties sort of, you know, marketplace wide, regardless of 
uh, standard and, and chain. Um, so yeah, it is it is something that Rarible is working towards and, and Rarible protocol does solve a lot of the issue. Um, so yeah, in the future, it shall be interesting indeed. Um, could you also talk about like collections and like how, how collections work on, on the Rarible platform? Yeah, so, so to understand collections, you need to understand the two different types of NFTs. So there's, so we have ERP721 and ERP1155. And basically both of them are non-fungible tokens. The main difference is 721 is the very first version of an NFT. It's what we call the OG standard. Um, those are one of one NFTs. 1155 is multiple editions of a single NFT. So, you know, you could have like uh, 10 copies of, you know, a Yu-Gi-Oh card, let's just say, for example. Um, so then, it, then we talk about collections and probably the best analogy and the one that I use with almost everyone is collections are folder. So when you create a collection, you're basically creating a folder that holds your NFTs. And we can see this. So Rarible offers the option to create your own collection, or you can use the Rarible collection. So collections are very expensive to deploy because you're actually pushing a smart contract onto uh, Ethereum. Uh, obviously, you don't have to code anything. We handle all of that for you. But when you create a collection, you're basically just creating a folder that holds NFTs. Now, it also has its pain points in the fact that it's not interoperable. So if you create an, a collection for ERC721, which are one of one NFTs, then you can't store ERC1155, multiple NFTs in that collection. So you can have like 10 different one of one NFTs in ERC721 but you can't have one ERC-1155. And, and it's vice versa as well. Um, the nice thing about ERC-1155 collections is because you determine the supply of a token, you can technically mint one of one tokens in ERC-1155, although some investors shy away from 1155 just because it is, uh, you know, you can define the supply. So with custom contracts, you could technically uh, create an NFT which would, you know, increase uh, its supply every time it was bought or something like that. So it, they have their downsides and they have their benefits. It's It mainly just comes down to which one you feel most comfortable with. Got it. And then for these collections, can you export them to other platforms, say, for, like, example, OpenSea? So OpenSea will automatically index your collection. So if you create a collection on Rarible, it'll automatically be indexed on OpenSea. Um, there's no real way to say export. Um, if for some reason a marketplace wasn't able to see your collection, you would probably have to reach out to them directly and ask them to add support for it. But most marketplaces currently will just automatically uh, index and support them straight out of the box. Got it. No, that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also saw I was exploring the site and I saw um, something about NFTs like unlocking content. Um, could you touch on like how how you guys envision that working? So right now it's 
the only parts of an NFT that's not interoperable from Rarible side. So uh, unlockable content is unique to Rarible. And basically what unlockable content is, it's an extra form that you can fill in on Rarible that you could perhaps maybe, maybe let's say you're posting a photo of your dog on the beach, right? And you hit the size limit of 100 megabytes, um, which is the current file size limit on Rarible. Um, let's say you wanted to upload like the super high 8K resolution and it was 101 megabytes. Essentially, what you could do is fill in a link to perhaps Google Drive where this high resolution version is hosted. Um, and then when somebody buys that NFT or you transfer it to somebody because they are now the owner of that NFT, they're unable to, I mean, they're able to unlock that content and view it. Um, it's not viewable to anyone else. Um, but again, it, it's also a little bit of a sensitive one because at the moment it's uh, centralized to Rarible. Um, so essentially if Rarible disappeared, that unlockable content would also disappear. Um, but we have no plans of going anywhere. And we're also working with a couple other projects to introduce uh, a more globally and standardized version of this, um, you know, down the line. That's really, really cool um, that you guys are exploring maybe a more uh, decentralized solution. I mean, the thing that immediately pops into my head is going back to like the tickets idea. Imagine purchasing like a VIP concert ticket, right? And it kind of unlocks some exclusive experience, maybe uh, exclusive VR experience for you or AR or um, you receive some sort of maybe custom video from like the artist or things of that nature. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people actually use, at least on Rarible, use unlockable content um, if they're selling physical products attached to the NFT. So they'll actually put like their contact details within that unlockable section. And when somebody purchases the NFT, they have the contact details to actually claim the physical item that comes along with the NFT, like maybe a t-shirt or, or something like that. That's really, really cool. Are you guys uh, also exploring any type of like burn concept? Um, like the, I don't know if you're familiar with like the the BNTs from Bancor, but basically you can burn their their NFT in exchange for like a physical uh, t-shirt that they'll send to you. So Rarible directly is not exploring that. A couple of the artists and, and users of the platform do some stuff similar to that. Um, especially with clothing and merchandise. And, and some people who do like oil paintings and stuff like that do the exact same thing, um, where in the unlockable section, they'll put their contact details, you'll send them a message on you know Instagram, Twitter, wherever, and they'll basically say, right, send me your, your address, whatever, and we'll ship over the product once you return the NFT to us or, or burn the NFT. Um, there are a couple of projects uh, in proposal stage as well in the variable doubt that's going to be dealing with some of this directly, but it, it's definitely something variable may explore in the future, but it's not on our priority list for now. Cool. That makes, that makes sense. Um, I guess kind of like thinking more like future forward, like where do you, where do you see variable being in like the next five years? I think Rarible from a user perspective is going to be 
very easy to use. At least, I don't even think it's going to take us five years to get there. Um, so one of the things that's coming out once we fully migrate to rareable protocol is what's known as lazy minting. And lazy minting is essentially a zero gas fee creation of NFTs. So what happens there, and, and OpenSea has already got uh, something very similar. Um, so what happens is that you'll upload your artwork and all of this, and it's stored in our databases. And it'll get listed on the marketplace like normal. Obviously, it'll have a special tag that says lazy minted. And basically, when somebody actually buys that NFT, um, that's when the item is created on chain. So I think one, Rarible is going to be extremely easy to use um, because obviously lazy minting, that means that there's no barrier to entries. All you need to be able to do is create some artwork or you know have your project uh, ready to go. Um, then I think, you know, in terms of market cap and, and stuff like that, I think uh, Rarible will hold a very large share of the NFT space uh, within the next five years, just purely based off the amount of attention Rarible protocol is getting at the moment. Um, and personally, I don't think Rarible.com is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, obviously, we have plans to stick around for the near future, but I do expect a lot more people to be using Rarible protocol uh, within the next five years and not even know that they're using it. Yeah, that goes to say, like, <clears throat> you wanted to do, like, sporting tickets, like Mark Cuban wants. Or I think you can already buy tickets with, like, Dogecoin, right? So people, like you said, already be using your platform without even knowing it. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the cool things um, that a lot of people seem to miss is that Rarible Protocol is not, it's not the end of Rarible.com or it's not, like, you know, us saying, all right, we're open sourcing our stuff because we're getting ready to pack up and leave. No, what it is, is us opening up opportunities to developers and, and you know, artists who want to have like a personal, you know, like an Etsy store for NFTs on their page. It's going to be simple, simple to deploy and integrate like that. And, and that's what Rarible Protocol is all about. It's about making running your own marketplace or having your own custom front end for your art or your ticket sales or who knows, uh, maybe your virtual reality avatar in the future. Uh, it's all about making that easy to use and easy to implement. And obviously with Rarible Protocol, um, you can think of it sort of like Uniswap's protocol is it gives you access to a large amount of liquidity because Rarible has such a large user base and it also gets your eyes, uh, people's eyes on uh, on your project simply by being associated with Rarible. It's sort of like the network effect that Ethereum brings. All of these projects launch on Ethereum because there are so many people using Ethereum. No, I think that that's a really good point. It's like, hey, I can create a custom marketplace on the base space website. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm selling my my island piece of land on there, right? And then I can also expose my NFTs to the entire rest of the rareable ecosystem at the same at the same time. Uh, and like we've seen in many projects, whether it be Chainlink or Ethereum or any of these 
um, these uh, utility tokens that are being mass adoptive, um, the network effect is what's driving um, the adoption and, and the awareness of the projects. Um, so I think it's I think it's really smart to make it open source and just make it easy to access. And I really like now it's it's all coming together. I really liked your analogy of the WordPress plugin and just being easy to easy to implement in any type of environment that you need an nft marketplace to thrive and, and live to like support your business or to support your social media um endeavors absolutely and i, I like to believe that within the next 10 years everyone in their grandma is going to know what nfts are um and they're going to be using rareable protocol so i, I, I yeah it's it's a big dream of mine to be able to you know go next door to my granny's house and say hey gran did you see the new nft i posted she'll be like yeah i already bought some with my ethereum don't worry <laughs> <laughs> where's that nft social media now you know <laughs> uh, that, that could be something that we see almost like a, a feed yeah exactly and i mean that's also another very good point is that rareable.com you know where we have more social aspects on the platform that, than some of you know these other platforms like i mean the activity feed uh, was one of the big ones so you can go and see what people are buying um, when you go over to their profile or when they listed items or what bids or what items they're bidding on or what items of theirs are getting bids on um, it's the same thing, like we have this follow system where you can follow a user and they can follow you back. You can like the NFTs and, and all sorts of stuff. So Rarible is really about this collaborative and, and social aspect to NFTs and not just purely focused on, hey, buy this, sell this, you know. Um, and, and I think that's what also is a very unique selling point for us. Are you guys exploring um, hosting any type of like live streams and things like that? I mean, I'm just envisioning, say you're a digital artist and um, you uh, you want to create an artwork live and then list it on Rarible as an NFT to purchase. Imagine having a live stream directly on your your marketplace profile page. And then the minute that the stream is is over, it gets minted. So we haven't, we haven't actually had any conversations like that before, but I think that's something I'm definitely going to want to forward to my product manager um, because that sounds really awesome. Um, quite frankly, I think for the, next, uh, for the next few months, we're really, really focused on launching Rarible Protocol and all of you know, the benefits that, it, that come with it. There's also a couple other things that we're working on that it's a bit too early to talk about. Um, that's going to make the platform more social. So for now, my recommendation would be to hop in the Rarible Discord and live stream your creation there and then mint it on the blockchain afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, all the social stuff has got me really, really excited. Um, I like I, I used to be like a really huge like DeviantArt user and follow a bunch of artists on there, and I could definitely see um, a lot of the same concepts. Um, that have already been been built out kind of on Web 2.0 uh, leading into Web 3.0 and what you guys are doing in, in your protocol. Yeah, and, and that's that's another thing. Like, that's what Rarible Protocol is there for. It's to make switching to Web 3 easy for Web 2 developers. 
And, and I think that is something we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, over the, over the course of the next few months and years. I mean, there was already talk on NFT Twitter about Instagram possibly launching their own uh, NFT platform. I don't know what happened there or what the status of that is, but I mean, it, you think about it, rare uh, Instagrams, for example, wouldn't have to go out and hire you know, a whole bunch of Solidity developers and then have contracts audited and stuff like that. All they would need to do is uh, hire a couple JavaScript developers and, you know, uh, a React developer and they could build a front end on top of Rarible protocol. And a lot of people also seem to ask or, or seem to don't understand how the protocol incentivizes these front end developers. And we, we thought long and hard about it. So there's two, two main ways that we're seeing platforms incentivize it. One is that we allow uh, these platforms to set an arbitrary fee on uh, sales through their front end. So technically you could say, uh, you know, obviously the protocol takes a 2.5% fee of sales. Um, you yourself could then say, all right, let's add an extra 1% if this uh, item is bought through my website. Um, and that would go directly to you. And the other one is that now with Rarible Protocol, something that previously didn't exist is that royalties could only go to one address and it would be at a set percentage. With Rarible Protocol, you can define as many custom royalties as you want, which also makes collaboration a little bit easier. So two artists collaborating, you know, one could take 5% royalties and the other one could take 5% royalties. But some of these platforms, instead of charging an outright fee for the sales, are actually adding a royalty onto the nfts for themselves so instead of charging you know 2.5 percent when you make a sale instead they will only take one percent of any future sales of that item or that nft which i think is really really awesome no that is really really cool i mean i could just imagine this opens up a whole new revenue stream for the gaming industry in particular who is moving into uh, a lot of games now are free to play right you don't need to actually purchase um purchase anything to start um to start experimenting with the game and playing around and i think nfts just open up like a whole new whole new revenue stream for these for these gaming products and i also my hope is that it um it makes it easier for maybe like indie artists and indie game indie gaming companies to actually launch and um, gather gather community support for their game and start building a revenue stream uh, right away instead of kind of relying on a larger publishing company to, su to support them right out the gate. Yeah, and I think gaming is going to be one of the sectors that utilizes NFTs the most. Um, I mean, I'm an average Call of Duty Warzone player. Um, so you know, it would be really awesome if I could visit, uh, you know, Rarible and see all of my character skins and, and gun skins from Call of Duty uh, just listed there. And perhaps, you know, uh, in the in the past, CSGO and, and trading on CSGO has been big, but there were always issues with trust. And with something like Rarible Protocol, uh, you could build out this gaming marketplace and have these trustless swaps between users and, you know, it's low, low development effort from your side because it's really only some lines of code that you need to add. Um, but yeah, I think that gaming is going to be another catalyst for the NFT market. 
Yeah. Are you guys looking at things like uh, rewards programs and loyalty programs and, and things like that from like a like a, even like a brick and mortar retail perspective? Because um, that like NFTs could be that, right? Like right now, if I go into like my local coffee shop, I get basically this this punch card and they punch every single time I purchase a coffee. And then eventually after so many punches, right, I get maybe a free coffee or a free sandwich or something like that. Um that's just it could be another use case for for nfts you could collect collect a certain amount of stars or maybe coffee 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 points or things like that and, uh, and redeem them yeah so I, I think rary is probably a good example of that so that, that is definitely one of the streams we're looking at um previously and now we're talking probably back in like december we did speak for a short period of time about a referral program, but so much has happened since then. It kind of got put on the back burner. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever see it, but it, it was something that we did speak about at length for, for quite a bit. So who knows? Some of, the, some of these product launches and, and features actually come out without like, like they're, they kept secret. And then all of a sudden we're just like, wow, okay, um, hello. Uh, so you never know. Um, but for, for the time being, I think Rary is going to be our main incentive program. Um, but I don't see why in the future there wouldn't be a referral program or something like that. Or at least I don't see why it couldn't easily be implemented. It really just comes down to uh, making sure that, you know, it's feasible um, for us and for everyone else. Very, very cool. Um... I'm curious, like from your perspective, Ethan, I know we've touched on real estate, we've touched on insurance, tickets, artwork. Is there any like um, maybe smaller niche that you just don't think people are talking about with NFTs that could be massive in the future that's maybe not on a lot of people's radar that we should be paying attention to? I think it kind of falls into gaming a little bit, but probably one of, one of the next biggest things I'd like to see is that Samsung and iPhone have these Memojis, I believe they're called. I want to see stuff like that getting minted. Like, you know, pull up your iPhone, make a Memoji and mint it on the blockchain as an NFT. I think that sort of ties into gaming and the metaverse. And I, I think that is not going to be a niche in the near future, but for now it is. Um, but that sort of stuff, that really... That and ticket sales for concerts and, and sporting games and stuff like that is, is one of my focus areas and any opportunity I get to integrate, you know, with stuff like that, I'm all, I'm down and I'm ready to go, get ready to get dirty kind of thing. Yeah, we're definitely excited to see where the NFT space grows. Um, but at least I am. Uh, I definitely want to be able to put my land on the blockchain so no government <laughs> can be like yeah that's not your land yes it is it's right here on the blockchain yeah I, I believe as well um at one point there was a project that was working on uh marriage contracts on the blockchain which was pretty interesting a, a very interesting concept because I, I don't know how it works in the us but like to get a marriage license and there's like a whole process here that could be slim down probably 10, 20 times just by utilizing blockchain technology. And I think that sort of stuff is very interesting. Um, 
but I'll leave that that stuff to the legal experts to figure out because uh, that that falls a bit out of my domain. <laughs> you don't offer marriage counseling services. No, not at the moment. Uh, I can help you if your transaction's stuck on the blockchain, but I can't help you if your marriage is stuck. <laughs> <laughs> what a... Oh wait. Um, Ethan's so thorough, man. He he answered a lot of my questions that I had um, about wearables. Super high. Do you have any other uh, additional questions for for Ethan? I actually had one. Um, if I may not be informed on this, but is there already a way, or will there be a way for um, artists on Rarible to maybe trade NFTs as a bid? Um, that's an interesting one. So there's a couple of projects working on on that outside of Rarible at the moment. Um, for I would say we're not going to see anything like that on Rarible in like the next six months. Um, but with the protocol, um, with Rarible protocol, we do allow arbitrary trades to occur, which means you could technically swap NFTs, um, but it's it's not on the priority list for Rarible marketplace in like the next six months. Yeah, no, that's cool. I was just curious. I'm like I said, still love the product, still love the website. The UI is awesome. You know, yeah. I was just yeah, so it, it, it's definitely something that we're going to explore. And it's actually been mentioned by our founder that he wants to be, or our co-founder, that he wants to be the Uniswap for NFTs. So I think that gives you a little bit of an indication in the direction we may head in the future. Yeah, that's really exciting. Mewtwo, did you have any any other questions or did anyone from the crowd have uh-huh. any questions? I got one request to come on. Guys, if you want to ask um, Ethan questions, you can request and I'll let you guys on one at a time. If that's cool with you, Ethan, I don't know how you are on time right now. Yeah, I, I got 30 minutes, so we can cool. hang around. Oh, hell yeah. Overlord, did you want to say something? Hey, yes, I did. Thank you for letting me ask. Um, Ethan, I love what you're talking about. Great points on the collaboration. These guys here in the base space know that I personally am a fan of collaborative efforts behind art and thinking a lot about the future industry. Um, and my main background is as a musician. So I'm curious okay. to know if you've thought about some of these collaborative efforts and kind of the lacking that NFTs have with soundtracks um, and getting that as part of, you know, bringing it to the forefront. So again, um, it, it all comes down to Rarible Protocol. So Rarible Protocol is going to make it extremely easy uh, to launch music on, on, on Rarible. Um, first of all, because we've got the royalties and royalties can be split arbitrarily uh, between people. So, you know, if your music's being resold um, and you and somebody else created it, perhaps you and the guitarist, um, they would be able to receive royalties indefinitely on that as well. Um, then we also have the ability to set multiple creators uh, in Rarible Protocol for NFTs. So previously, there could only be one creator with Rarible Protocol. We allow arbitrary amounts. So technically, you know, you could have 10, 20 creators of a single NFT. And again, you know, you can build that into royalties where every single one of them receives. Um, for now, if you're listing music on Rarible, we have a special category to li- uh, specifically for music NFTs. Um, 
if for some reason your NFT doesn't get categorized in the music category, um, you know, you can reach out to support and we'll sort that out for you. Um, but for now, um, you know, it, Rarible is really easy to upload music uh, NFTs to. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the best I can do on that one. Great. No, thank you. Um, in addition to that, have you thought about kind of the user interface specific to the music and audio files? Because a friend of mine who's pretty well known actually just released a really beautiful NFT and he created a seamless loop. So obviously mm -hmm. that took a little bit of trial and error to make sure the timing was perfect, right? To create an infinite audio loop. Um, do you see tools being available? So I think with Rarible Protocol, we're going to get a lot more plugins and stuff into your generic software. So, you know, like a plugin for Edition where you where you could render out your audio and instantly mint it as an NFT. Um, I think stuff like that is going to be coming along. Also, with the file size limits raised now, it gives you a little bit more access to create, uh, you know, longer audio tracks, higher fidelity audio tracks. Uh, which is really cool, sort of like what Apple just did where they released uh, the lossless music on Apple Music. You can do that already on Rarible. Um, and I think in the future, and it's a little bit of a complex one because loops and, and video content, especially audio at the moment and, and browsers, and that's where majority of our issues come from with looping is that browsers, they're a little bit funny, like we can't automatically turn on the volume on a music track um, because Chrome doesn't allow it. Um, and then also like, you know, the way that the, the browser's rendering the content and all sorts of nonsense like that um, hinders us a little bit, um, obviously because we have to support like a wide range Brave, Chrome, Safari. Uh, we have to make things as interoperable as possible. Um, so it does, it does cause some issues, but I definitely think in the future, we will see some dedicated music platforms built on Rarible protocol. And me personally, I, I think perhaps if that was to happen, I would definitely be extremely involved. Um, before COVID was around, I used to be a nightclub DJ. I was a residency at uh, two nightclubs here. So like music is a, is a big passion, passion of mine. So. Um, anything in that sort of space, uh, I'm definitely all down, down for. Great. Thank you so much for all of that. I really appreciate the input. Awesome. No worries. Thanks for coming on Crypto Overlord. Appreciate your questions. Yeah, we appreciate you, Overlord. Um, we have the, the bread photo is joining us. I don't know how people see bread and its beard. The <laughs> oh. <laughs> <a> dyslexia. <laughs> it's honestly so common. That happens to me all the time. Um, no, actually, I just wanted to ask a question. I may have missed it. I, I've been in and out of the episode a little bit just because I'm running around. But I was curious if Rarible's planning to integrate with maybe pop anything like that. Yeah, a lot of staking over there, um, Ave and everything else. So a couple of the things we've done from our side is we've uh, published some credit uh, purchasing, you know, uh, directly Ethereum through uh, credit cards just to make the UX a little bit easier. 
Um, from that side of the Polygon release, uh, we are looking at a couple of side chains. Polygon, I believe, is one of them. XDAI is another one. And then with Rarible Protocol, uh, it can be deployed onto any ETHVM compatible chain. So, you know, you could technically deploy Protocol onto Tron, um, onto Polygon, onto XDAI, uh, onto Ethereum Classic, and, and all sorts of good stuff like that. Okay, awesome. Thank you. That's all I really had to ask. Appreciate you guys. Cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. Also, I like the photos. Um, that is all the requests I have. I checked my DMs. They don't have any. Super, I, do anyone send you? Uh, I have zero DMs. But cool. I think uh, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. Ethan, we both appreciate you coming on. I know all the speakers that have stayed in here and definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, it's definitely interesting hearing where NFTs may go or where you guys are focused on heading. So we definitely appreciate you coming on and you know providing that input for us. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great to talk. And uh, yeah, we'll have to catch up in a, in a year or two and see how the space has changed and, and what's new. Hell yeah, man. No, I really, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming on the base space. Are you, are you cool with us posting this up on YouTube? Absolutely. Um, feel free. If anyone has any questions after this, feel free to DM me on Twitter. I'm in the Rarible Discord. Uh, Ethan is my name. You can DM me on there. Uh, Twitter. Otherwise, you know, head through one of our support channels and, and somebody will be there to answer you. Very, very base, guys. Um, appreciate appreciate everyone who tuned in and took the time to listen this morning. I know this isn't like our regular our regular time, so we're testing out all different all different times. Um, and of course, if you guys have like particular projects or initiatives you want us to bring on the show, uh, you can DM myself or Super High, and we'll definitely uh, explore explore be exploring those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. DMs are open. I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, yes open definitely reach out and we encourage it i know some people may feel a little shy but definitely definitely reach out we're all human a hundred percent stay based guys have a great rest of your weekend if it's still if it's still the weekend in your time zone and uh